Prepare yourselves. Come on in. Welcome to paradise. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. For anybody who fools around with this is playing with dynamite. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Yes! That's awesome! And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey everybody, welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm Jordan with the co-host Andrew, and we got a special guest today, Sabrina Kay. Hi. So you're, you're coming to us from Malaysia, and you've been working with, uh, you said, Azure Sentinel, right? Yes, currently I'm working on the Microsoft Sentinel right now. So I just recently deployed uh, one for my customer. So yeah, I'm still at the beginner level. So we are still actually um, in the progress in terms of improving um, um, the log analytics, the log workspace. So currently it's like there's a you know a, a baseline there for them to actually experience the Microsoft Sentinel. All right. So I mean, well, you you deployed it to a customer. That means you're you're far ahead of the game compared to most, including I don't including I don't think I've ever even got my hands on it. <laughs> so. I mean, it, it is it's pretty it's pretty awesome um, products to get your hands on. I mean, it didn't took me um, too long to actually uh, get to learn each of it uh, because it it's it's actually categorized in four pieces, which is uh, collection. Um, detection, investigation, and response. So basically, I would have to study in terms of what is the collecting feature and what is the detection feature and what's the investigation. And then the lastly would be the, the automation response, which everyone is very interested into. So it took me about um, three months to you know play around with having like uh, proof of concept, getting the trial. I mean, the trial was a bit difficult to get because you have to wait about two weeks for them to actually process the you know the the you know the the trial credit for you so so that would be take, taking some time there so so yeah during that two weeks I would just uh, pick up some stuff um about the Microsoft Sentinel I'm I'm also quite new with the Microsoft Sentinel so I noticed they have um I mean there's there's still part of um the Sentinel that I haven't learned which is their log workspace which is involved in terms like um you know, like the if else and teaching it how to grab those entities and then what is it that you want to respond towards if a threat's been detected. Yeah. Okay. So at a high level, Azure Sentinel or sorry, Microsoft Sentinel is like a SIM and a SOAR solution. Kind of sort of yes. Yes, correct. So what's um, a SOAR? Let's pretend like I'm an idiot. It should yeah, be easy. both, yeah. So a SOAR is basically involving the the response portion, the automation portion, and that's the part where um, majority customers tends to get confused in terms of oh, is SIM, so it's actually similar to other products of a SIM solution. But to be honest, you have to see what they provide to you in terms of the same solution? Do they just provide you for a, a collection of logs and investigation or they do provide you together in terms of uh, the response and automation? Because, you know, I mean, in an organization, 
you get a lot of uh, security products. One is your network, your endpoint, and then you have your identity, and then etc. etc. So I think every organization doesn't just go with one security solution in their environment. So they will go like uh, three, four, and you know, so on. So you have multiple portals and then you would have uh, so much to uh, you know acknowledge in terms of which can be done what can be done and you know that certain solution for security they do not provide um, automation and respond they just provide you notification to your mailbox and then you will be like have a long list of mails of notification which is waiting there for you to take action I think in in the industry um for those small business industry, right, they don't have a very large IT team. You know, they they would like, I mean, five people handling two thousand of users. Yeah. So imagine you have two thousand users. How are you gonna go and tackle of this kind of a, a situation when they are exposed to threats or it's possibility exposing to threats? So. So having this SIM and SOAR solution there, so you can actually spend some time a bit to teach it to actually trigger some action towards it. So, okay, let me take an example here. So I have this environment having the checkpoint um, harmony. Uh, sorry, not checkpoint. I mean, I mean checkpoint firewall. Have you heard about a uh, checkpoint firewall? I've heard it's a firewall provider. Yes, correct. So they have a checkpoint firewall and then they do have like checkpoint harmony endpoint and then they do subscribe uh, Microsoft Sentinel uh, uh, product. So so that is a portion where the, uh, I mean, the objective here is to actually to get those logs from whatever that is on the endpoint, whatever that is on the firewall to be pushed into Sentinel. And from there, we can actually calculate and actually um, detect and investigate in terms of uh, what has been detected inside the firewall, the Harmony and the IOC uh, product. So from there, you can actually just trigger some sort of uh, automation to the machine that is maybe suspicious to be um, having a threat or some sort of lingering CNC kind of thing. So you can trigger like, if you have that machine deployed with the endpoint defender, so you can trigger some investigation or some you know antivirus kind of scan. So this is actually how you can combine this both solution and both um, response to those threat that is happening to the endpoint. You get what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like, um, so we mentioned Microsoft Sentinel was a SIM and a SOAR solution. So the kind of SIM side of things is we have all these different softwares and whatever that output things. And so we need to grab all that. And then um, if we have all that, then it sounds like small businesses are able to orchestrate and automate things and be able to detect and kind of empower them to create rules and whatnot that can scale with their organization. Very cool. So in, in my experience, any sort of communication, whether it's a log or an email that happens too too often becomes just noise. Like you start to tune it out and you open up the rest to get through. So this seems like a good way to protect you from human nature as well, where a lot of things where you might just tune out the email because it's not super important and everything, this will just handle it for you. So everything's still getting done and, and you don't uh, you don't become lax in your responsibilities, I guess. 
Yes, correct. I mean, um, certain organizations also, they do like to put up a very huge screen at their back and then just show some dashboard in terms of like, oh, there's threats and everything. <laughs> so, I mean, Sentinel, you have like workbooks and then you can design your diagram or whatever. You can push it up put it out so anytime there's incident it will be there and you don't need to be i mean a whole junk of notification that is, does nothing to your mailbox so so basically there is one portion where you can just like not wasting so much license and then your time to clean up the particular mailbox <laughs> yeah if i recall correctly it's been a while since i've used it but you can have it so it creates like incidents that need to be like closed or that kind of thing um, within the product. So you can write the rules such that you have to kind of act, or at least you can set a standard of, hey, we get a certain number of notifications, we have someone who goes through them every day, and that's kind of their responsibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you are in a larger organization, but certain, I mean, they do have a condition. Yes, that's right. They do have a condition that you can actually put into the incident where you can request them to, I mean, change the status of the incident to close or to pending or whatever or leaving a comment in terms of whether is this incident has been uh, resolved. So, yeah, that's right. You can actually put a condition there instead of having that to manually go and um, close it, they can actually just put a comment there and then just say that, hey, um, actually this case is not important, it's false positive, and then just it will just close it. Yep. They do send the, I mean, they do notify through a team, so you definitely need a so-called a team group with the SOC team so that they can actually uh, get those incidents and they just put the comment directly into team. So you don't need to go through the portal and just put in your comment. So yeah, you have a teams there and then you have a description there and then you just put in your comment. So simple as that. And you mentioned earlier, like small to medium businesses. And that is one thing that I love about products like Sentinel is that they empower, you can almost like templatize like some kind of security and you can use the built-in rules that Microsoft kind of has to give you a great starting point. And, and for me, tools like this are really what empower the world to become more secure. Um, because those small teams without the massive budgets and without the ability to hire the top talent and all this kind of thing, they need to be secure as well. And Sentinel is a really great starting off point. I mean, there's so much in there. Um, it's really cool. I love what it kind of represents on the bigger scale. Yes, correct. So um, for small and uh, small and medium business, so basically they they do, I mean, the main thing is everything is talking about budget, you know. So they are very afraid in terms of, am I going to buy this package just to use Sentinel? So now actually you don't need to purchase a back package in terms like, or do I have to purchase a 100 GB of storage or 500 GB storage just to use the Sentinel? Uh, no, the answer is incorrect. You can go with a pay-as-you-go uh, kind of solution. I mean, the storage size. So so during that time of, uh, I mean, a month of uh, POC, so you get your locks and then you can see how much locks that you ingest. If you are ingesting more than a hundred GB, then you might need to look into that particular package. And if you are ingesting less than that, then you can just purchase the pay as you go. So, uh, I think we for my customer right now, I think he's about mm, not about not more than ten gig per day. Yeah. 
he's ingesting logs about 10 gig. So he has about four or five connectors already uh, running in his environment, capturing uh, logs. And, and a connector, what's a connector when we're talking about Microsoft Central? Oh, yeah. So when you need your third-party products or other Microsoft security products to be uh, sending those particular logs into your Sentinel so that Sentinel can you know, study it and then uh, proceed to uh, forward whatever responses or rules that you have set. So basically, to have these two to be um, communicating, that is required a connector. So, so currently, uh, those connectors are still uh, Microsoft are still actually uh, trying to make it compatible. So by checking both parties' products, whether are they actually compatible with the Microsoft SIM uh, solution. So currently, they have about 123 connectors right now. Some of them are still in the preview mode. So those are in the preview mode might take a longer time for the connectors to be up. So a single connector would take about two to three hours to um to be propagated and to be started at the back. So, so yeah, these are called the connectors. Cool. And you said there's a bunch of them. Um, what I recall being kind of nice was all the built-in ones to 365 and Azure. Um, kind of makes it easy to connect your stuff and start getting data quick for what you already have. Yeah. So they do have the Azure. They do have the 365. You know, the Defender portion, and they also do have currently like Checkpoint, Zscaler, Amazon, Google, and yeah, etc. So, so they are actually in there. Even though um Checkpoint, they they know it's in there, but they do not know how to deploy this. So. This third party um solution, they do know that they, they are they have a connector that is compatible with the Microsoft SIM, but they do not know how to deploy because this is still very fresh to the market. So not many organizations is still deploying this. They are still they are actually planning. I think planning is taking uh too much time and i mean justification and everything you know that that is not something easy process uh for those organization to to justify to their top management also um one thing that i enjoyed doing when i was interacting with azure sentinel was outputting my scripts and stuff that changed things in my organization making sure that they outputted to log analytics um at the end so i would use like a i think i called the REST API or did something like that and was able to post messages. And then I could query or create rules like, oh, if this certain script shows us failing, um, then let's act on it and create an incident or something like that. Um, oh, OK. Uh, what uh, you, you did mention that you can use PowerShell to create some stuff. May I know how, how do you actually do that? I'm actually quite interested. I'm concerned. His camera's looking frozen. We may have lost Andrew. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed his background. The lights is suddenly just stop there. Yeah, I think uh, we may have lost him. One second. I'm gonna yeah. see if I, I'm gonna shoot him a message real quick. <laughs> you guys I'm have back. a very cool background. Oh, oh he's back. <laughs> oh no, he's oh, gone oh, now. No, he's gone for good. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, we'll see if uh, see if he comes back in here. All right, I, I'm interested to learn too. 
Hey, welcome back. So could you still hear us and we just couldn't hear you or were you just gone, gone? I don't know what happened. I could hear you oh. and things started spinning and <laughs> I, you guys disappeared and then I disappeared with you. So <laughs> my computer like slowly crashed, I guess. Um, yeah, I think maybe it's the lighting at the back is taking all the power. No. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. But we have a great, interesting background, man. Thanks. Um, error handling. Oh wait, this is the wrong one. I'm almost. I almost have that link for you. So when when we uh, when we lost you there, you had mentioned you were monitoring for failed scripts with this, where it would react to that. And uh, Sabrina was asking exactly how it interacts with PowerShell. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Um, I know Josh. I don't have it on this computer, but Josh King um, talked about it at my user group. And I have the video for that user group right here. Let's see if he has the link to his code. All right. Well, then it seems to me that if you have the link to, to that, we should be putting that in the show notes then. We can. It's years old, though. And Azure Sentinel has changed so much that I don't know if his demos would be accurate. But um, send PowerShell to Log Analytics PowerShell. I mean, without being able to see it, my, my guess is if uh, Sentinel's looking at different logging, you can do like right to the log with PowerShell. So if you have like a, a try catch and if something errors out, it just as the final action writes to the log with a certain message, then you can have Sentinel look for that. But I don't know if, if I'm even on the right um, track here. So there's one method. I'm, I'm almost on the case here. Well, now, now you're the master of suspense. I posted it in our chat here. That's from four years ago. I'm finding others. Whoa. Right, I'm just going to message Josh and ask him if he has it. So the gist is, so he created a function called git-log-analytics-signature. That, that, that uh, is the one you're looking at, or is it something different? That one is one of them. All right. So while uh, Andrew's doing his deep dive, uh, Sabrina, how, how did you get into Sentinel? Is it just something... Like, did you seek it out or is it something where someone approached you to learn it or how, how did you get involved with uh, setting this up for people? Um, definitely is my very good friend approached to me to uh, learn Sentinel. Do we know him? Uh, you might know him. He's, um, he's an ex-MVP. He's actually my, my boss. <laughs> My superior. Is that so, is that Yup? No, no, no. Okay, okay. I'll just yep. check in. I, I knew you said you were working with him on Sentinel stuff. So I'm like, wow, if, if Yup's your boss, that's gotta be fun. No. <laughs> no, me and Yup is uh just uh we are just friends. So during in 2018, I was having my very first public speaking in Malaysia at the Microsoft um, office in Malaysia. So he was happened to be there and he came up to me and just um, tell me that I had a very good presentation. So from that day on, I was like uh, surprised, like, who is this guy? Hmm. <laughs> I thought, I, I, I didn't notice that the event was like having international people. So I was like in shock. I was who is who is he? <laughs> So so um I I got some info that he's actually doing like some travel tour he always does 
where he traveled to um because he had a dog at Singapore, so that's why he he traveled to Malaysia and have experience in Malaysia. Then he went back to Singapore to continue his conference. So from that day, that we we tend to I mean continue the friendship and keep on talking. Hmm. That's how we become friends. Bonded over con- over convention. That's that's a common story. It, it seems like when, <laughs> once you speak at any convention, everyone knows about it instantly, and you're all everyone's fast friends. I need to, I need to talk just so I can have some friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> can can no problem. <laughs> so that's really cool, though. It sounds like your first time public speaking was at Microsoft. <laughs> that sounds exciting. How was that? Was that a little bit intimidating or? What'd you do with that? Um, it was pretty nervous and stressful because I was my the topic that I was presenting was data loss protection. So that was a that was a lot of people um interested in that topic. That's why it was full crowd in in that room. It was total full that we had to bring out bring in extras extra uh chairs in. So uh yeah, it was very stressful. <laughs> So, so you're just instantly great at it. Yeah, I just bite through the bullet and just present. That's that's fantastic. That's uh that's actually a, a common story. Is everyone's nervous their first time, and it's a, they say once you get through it, it always just feels very rewarding. Yeah, so it was quite surprising that he came to me and just give me a face to face feedback. So I was like, oh, he's my imp- inspiration person. <laughs> so I have to continue what I'm doing. <laughs> he he spoke at the the PowerShell Summit this year, up in uh, Seattle. Ah uh, yes, I think. Or was it this year? I thought it was uh, last year. I oh, know it was. Uh, it was this year. He talked on abstracting code. Mm, uh, yes. This year, which uh, code that writes code for you? I was intrigued. It, it seems like the the next level of uh, my job doing itself. <laughs> yes. So uh, I think he will be I think busy in the next few weeks because he has a long list of a conference he's going to be doing. He's going to be presenting for the PowerShell conference at the EU. Yeah. I, I've been told by many people that, that that one, and I don't know if this is fighting words, but that one is the superior PowerShell conference. I don't have a comparison. I've, we're trying to make the case, but uh company won't send us yet. Those are fighting words. Careful, Jordan. <laughs> I, I'm saying what I have been told by the likes of Fred Weinemann. Fair. I think he's biased because he wants to drink with you in Germany. I'm happy to drink with anybody anywhere. Same. <laughs> Same. Um, so update on me finding that function. Didn't find it all the way. It's just a version that I did find is so old. I want to make sure. Apparently, Microsoft released an Azure Security Insights module. Um, which may have something in there. So perhaps we'll have something in the show notes. Um, But for now, we can't really. Okay. For now, I don't have too much. But what you said about, yeah, that's really cool. It sounds like early on, you had someone give you a little bit of positive feedback, which developed a relationship. And and now fast forward so much further, you're, you're an MVP. You've spoken at different conferences. You have a whole lot of awesome things going on now. Um, it's really cool to see. Yeah, so it took me four years of uh, constant effort to try to get my MVP. I think I got it. Uh, they declined my MVP for twice, so that's why I keep on continuing until now. Awesome. 
Well, persistence paid off. Congratulations. You got it in Thank 2021, you. right? Yeah, 2021 on the July. Yeah, I think it's on the July. Yeah. Yeah, for awesome. enterprise mobility. That's fantastic. That's awesome. I mean, it, that's some, that's an achievement that's that, that that sticks with you forever. That's that's a that's a big one. That's getting recognized by by the big dogs. Um, who's that? Who are the big dogs? Oh, Microsoft. It, like, oh. They give you the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're now on a, a first name basis, I think, with the entire executive team. Once you get that. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning more from you guys. <laughs> um, so one thing that I think is really cool and that you kind of embody is the learn as you do. Like share what you learn. Um, you have to make mistakes to find perfection and that kind of thing. And in fact, I was watching one of your YouTube videos because um, you do some art. And there was a, a video on some art that you did. And in the description, you had a really great quote. Uh, well, it wasn't a quote. You were just saying things. But you said, um, in life, we experience failure to become success. And in art, in your career with technology, through your MVP stuff, through your public speaking, you embody that. And it seems to have paid off greatly for you. And you're, you're benefiting from learning that way. And I like to highlight when we see that because for our audience, I try to show them that that is the path to success, making mistakes, uh, taking chances, ma making new relationships. And that's kind of how you find yourself in the successful place that might not make sense if you don't understand all the steps it took. Yes, correct. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, people should be making more mistakes. I mean, in another words, what I usually tell them is like, you should bang more walls. <laughs> You should bang more walls to actually get to know what are what are we actually saying. I mean, life is making mistake. If you don't make mistake, what is actually life? You know. So yeah, that I mean that didn't took me like one day to realize. I mean, it took me four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like for me at least, as I've kind of gotten more comfortable with that learning and making mistakes thing. It's just a lot easier and faster to learn new things. You're you're not frozen in indecisiveness and worrying about if you're going to seem silly, if you ask a silly question. No, you just kind of get past it and move to the next step where you're a little bit more informed and then you keep moving on. And as you go through that, you also answer questions from other people and share your progress on YouTube. I, I really liked a series you had um, on your YouTube let me try and pull up the name. It was like Technical Diaries, I believe. Um, let me click yeah, it just to make sure. Yeah, that's the Technical Diaries. I'm still trying to, you know, get the uh, YouTube going because currently I'm still very focusing on my blog posts. So I usually write more blog posts here because people here tends to read blog posts more than watching YouTubes, I find out. <laughs> yeah, but just the idea of sharing what you learn as you learn it and think of it as like a diary. Like it's not supposed to be the video for everyone in the world to have the exact source of truth. No, it's here's what I've learned. Here's where I am. Here's some cool things. And by teaching it, you learn it better and you can go back to the video later. Um, it's just, it's good from all angles. Yeah, that's depend on uh, the, the, the audience. Uh. <laughs> yep. A lot of times I feel like I'm just making content for myself. <laughs> Yes, that's true. But after that, 
you give it some time, then you will see there will be the right audience reaching out to you. You uh, mentioned your blog. That's sabrinaksy.com. I just want to make sure. Yes, okay. correct. All right, and I'm looking at that, and you are you are an active writer. That's that's actually exciting to see because a lot of people it's it's hard to find time, right? Everyone's busy. Everyone's got the job. So you've you've made time. You've got a lot of content in here to dive through. And it looks like uh, Azure AD Connect is the the current one, huh? Yes, the Azure AD Connect server, the Active Directory, ADFS, um, almost everything that is on premise. <laughs> So that's what my best friend put me through, which is my boss. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Go uh, nice to be best friends with your boss. I don't, I don't care for mine. <laughs> I mean, we, we practice a culture where we put sentiment, uh, sentiment first, and then we talk about, um, you know, money later. Awesome. So, so it's more focused on the people rather than just the money kind of thing. Yes, correct. So that's why I'm able to um, collaborate him for almost five years now. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And it sounds like he also kind of encourages you to grow and kind of helps you reach the next level. Um, that sounds like a really cool relationship where you're fond of each other. It's a safe kind of learning environment. And you're also helping each other become better. I don't think safe would be the right word here. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to bang some few walls, then only I would know what is called safe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, the the nice thing about the the banging the walls is, if you, if you do it enough, if you get positive results enough times, then eventually you don't even really get pushback. Next time you you come up with the, you have a grand idea, like you'd be crazy to stand in your way, right? Just let them go and see the results. Yes, that's that's right. I mean, um, banging a few walls, and after that, you get used to it in terms of uh, knowing what you are doing. So things, I mean, catching up. Uh, so, uh, in terms like maybe a six month kind of project, you can be uh, put it into a three month. So yeah, that is how you get um better for yourself. I think usually I. In the beginning, I wasn't actually have any knowledge in terms of on-premise and cloud. So I was a pure programmer. So I came and met my boss and he put me through uh, learning an assignment in terms of uh, on-premise and cloud. So that is where I pushed myself to uh, understand what is the on-premises and what is the cloud. And then slowly there, I took some... Um, interest in terms of the security portion in the Microsoft. So that is where I started to grow myself in the security portion. Well, the nice thing about uh, choosing security is uh, there's always going to be something new you have to watch out for. Like uh, if you follow some security Twitter and just the, the our exhaustion in some of those tweets, like you could just tell, I mean, it's like a good exhaustion, but it feels like that's a constantly, even by IT standards, the, the constantly changing landscape that you always got to, you got to keep on your toes. Yes, that's right. That's why I'm, I, I don't follow the Twitter one, just the LinkedIn portion, because every time I see a lot of things new on the security portion. So I was like, oh, can I, ca can I catch up with this? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think, sorry, yeah. 
I was going to say, I think it's the one thing that's interesting about security is how you really have to have a lot of context and a lot of knowledge of everything. Like earlier, you were mentioning checkpoint firewalls and all these other tools that need to tie in. And if you're doing security, it, you need to know what all these things do. No, you don't have to be a master of all of them, but you need to have an understanding. And I found that that can be a lot of the challenge as well. You can maybe learn how to perform a, a custo query, understanding the context of that in the whole organization. And that can be the, the bigger challenge I've seen. Yes, correct. So, I mean, um, during my security journey here is that I learn each of it. And then now, because now I'm actually focusing on Sentinel, I still have, you know, the base, you know, the basic knowledge there. And so that if anyone came and asked me, I would still have the basic knowledge. But in terms of asking me what's new here, what's new there, I will be like, let me get back to you first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I still try to keep myself um, updated in terms of uh, the other security portion because, I mean, market is challenging right now. So, we can't just learn one single product to just survive on that. So, we do, you know, take up in terms of knowing what's firewall, what's Fortinet, what's Fortigate and all those. So, that is how, um, how I... Move on. I mean, you have to improve yourself, uh, not just sticking to just one single product because maybe that product will be, you know, end of life or Microsoft maybe declare uh, DLP is going to be move on to another type of product. You do not know that, right? So, yeah, I do see certain organizations struggling in terms of um, getting on with the security, I mean, solution. They try to sell it, but it tends to not being successful because, I mean, they are always into a single product. So, I mean, the culture there, you know, they can't break off that, uh, the you know, the culture there. Because I think a lot of security is kind of like a cultural thing. It's like you could have one person who really sees it properly, but if you can't get the organization to change the way they all do things, you're going to kind of find yourself back where you were. I was just going to say that as a consultant, it probably gives you a lot of great insight. Um, I've never been a consultant. I've just worked for um, an SMB prior to this and another, I guess, larger org. But as a consultant, you get to see a lot of environments and a lot of have a lot of conversations and get a different perspective. Um, it seems like that would be pretty valuable to being able to see the bigger picture because you're seeing um, different organizations, what the picture means to them. Oh, this is true to them. Oh, here's another one then. Um, have you found that that's been pretty beneficial to help you understand kind of the complexities? Yes, correct. Because um, as a consultant, we have to, you know, meet customers and, you know, to understand their pain, you know. If I'm always having the technical engineer mindset, I won't get things done. I would just, you know, always at the back. I mean, it's not something wrong um, in terms of what you choose in your life but slowly in progress if you tend to notice that this is not something for me or is not enough for me don't try to put your choice blame to others like I mean if you want to grow you grow I mean if a consultant I get to see all this picture it, it does help me in terms not just uh, in my work and, and also in my life so tends to you know mend certain things um, that I always have trouble in terms of manning it in my own uh, personal life. Well, I've got good news on security. Uh, for past Tuesday, there's only 60 exploits closed and only three of them critical. 
I think security's done. I think we got them all. I think uh, this is the the downward trend we've been waiting for. <laughs> when when they first uh, introduced Microsoft Purview, right? I had a recent conference with the um, UK UK MVPs, and then they were like, "Sabrina, do you know the new naming right now?" They say, "Yeah, it sounds like a cat name." <laughs> Even my, I mean, it's it's difficult to, not to say, um, you know, if I were to say Microsoft Purview to my existing customer, they would be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> they will be just asking me, why is Microsoft so free changing names? <laughs> what was it named before? Uh, just simple, like DLP, AIP. Currently, they changed it to Purview. I, I'm not sure what's the journey they are heading um, because previously they split security and compliance and now I see like there is a bit of combination right now so uh, I'm not so sure what's the journey right now so <laughs> let's see what what they are going to be uh, coming out on their articles yeah I remember when I was using this stuff I would find oh wow there's a dashboard that includes some stuff from Azure and it seems like things are always kind of changing. Names are changing. Is it the admin center? Is it the, it's yeah. Keeps you on your toes. Even within the products that, you know, we're trying to master, they're changing all the time. Um, it's one of the things I enjoy about this career is that there's so much to always learn. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the best thing. So everything is changing and you're, um, I think, change is something interesting so that's why you want to get on with it and learn more about it so if you're if you don't change it's just like you're eating rice every day and it's getting boring not just eating rice i mean just looking at your i mean your background and then it's a plain white wall and then suddenly you want to add some star wars some uh pac-man and all those so yeah okay so We've talked a lot about Azure Sentinel and how it's cool. And I think that there's a certain portion of our audience who doesn't have their SIM slash SOAR situation sorted. And perhaps even some who have never really used a SIM before. Um, do you think that Azure Sentinel could be a decent starting point um, for a small organization to get started with SIM and SOAR capabilities? Um, I won't just pinpoint that... Um... In the global market, there are other SIM solutions. So, I mean, to compare, I mean, you can compare with other SIM solutions, whether do, do they do provide you a trial credit because the most important here is a, you are able to get the trial credit and that credit can be extended um, to maybe at least two months because it's an AI, so it requires some time to study and then gather the logs and everything to be ready on the back end. So I would recommend that if you were able to get the trial credit um, up to two months would be great for you to learn uh, for the same solution. I mean, uh, if you are a person that is very interested, interested in programming or in-depth code and all those, so you can actually go for the Microsoft Sentinel because I think you will be uh, very interested with the log analytics and the log workspace there, that portion. So, so yeah. So for other solutions, same solution, I do saw they 
don't really provide much of uh, the programming portion. They provide everything template-based, policy-based. So you don't tend to get the feel in terms of uh, typing query your own self or, you know, trying some mistake and bugs and all those. So yeah, it's still, I mean, it's not a, you know, a restriction in terms of just going for Sentinel or other solution is up to you to compare. Most important is the trial credit. If you can get an extension, that would be great. If you can't get an extension, um, you're basically just wasting your time there. <laughs> okay, so if you're going to get started, get that trial credit. You'll have your chance to get the AI up to speed. You'll have a chance to kind of learn, get it implemented a little bit, and then see if it's really a good fit for your organization to really invest in. Yes, correct. I mean, um, certain organizations do follow like the bank policy. You know, those bank sector, are, I mean, not bank sector, I mean, those certain organizations, if you are dealing with customer data or you, if you are dealing with other type of data, they do sometimes change their policy in terms of requiring your organization to have a SIM solution. So uh, you don't have choice that you need to have a SIM solution in your environment. <laughs> yeah. In your experience, you said that there were a lot of templates that you started with. So do the templates cover a pretty good base, but if you want to get really fine-tuned, do you have to write customized stuff or are the templates just more of a idea to get you started? Okay. Uh, they do have provide templates, not just for the Microsoft products. They do provide templates in terms for some third-party products. So they do have like Amazon and etc. But uh, depending um, those third-party because some they don't some they have a template, but it's a different purchase. You know, mm. you have to integrate their template into the Microsoft Sentinel. So that is a different purchase. Also depending your third-party. So yes, the template do allow you for a baseline to start up uh, your automation responses or some uh, workbooks and also and etc. Okay. Um, one person who I follow on Twitter who's quite interesting, he works for Microsoft, is Rod Trent, at Rod Trent. He has a lot of great Sentinel stuff, um, just consistently. He's always posting stuff and doing trainings on Sentinel and stuff like that. So log analytics stuff as well. Definitely worth a follow if you're into this Azure Sentinel stuff. I'm actually currently following this guy. What's his name? Ah? He's from Belgium. Uh, what's his name already? Eh? Mm, let me try to pull out his name. <laughs> So sorry, I'm I'm very I'm really bad in remembering names. It's not no wrong. problem. I'm just uh, scrolling through Rod Trent's Twitter now. You can't you can't it's tell me there's information available. Expect me not to go into it. Yes. Um, and while you're looking for that friend's uh, Twitter, I found the link from Josh King where he shows how to send to Azure Sentinel. Um, and I guess that'll be in the show notes as well. Is there anything that Josh hasn't touched on? Like, I always feel like whenever we're diving into some subject, it's like, oh, Josh has something on that. He has a lot. <laughs> but it looks like it uses the OMS ingestion API to ingest data into the log analytics ingestion API. I can't test it currently, but I definitely use that at my last job. I think there's currently a lot of uh, templates created by other people. They put it on GitHub. You can actually use that to to... 
I mean, put it into your Sentinel. That would be so cool. <laughs> but you have to adjust a few things, right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely put this in the logs, but it looks like uh, a large portion of the code on this one is uh, creating like a, a splat for a uniform object for it to return, so it's human-readable. Mm. Um, it goes into log analytics and is doable there, too. Yep. Um, one thing I really liked about Azure Sentinel was that learning the Kusto query language. The stuff that you can query, it's so powerful. Once you have all your data up there and you can kind of get a little bit of proficiency with some queries, even just using the built-in ones and, and using some um, like GitHub guides that have some good ones on it, you can get so much amazing information, um, especially, I can't imagine working in a large org, the kind of fun stuff you could find uh, just through those queries. Yes, yeah, true. Um, yeah, that, that that's... Also, a point where it's pretty interesting to uh, run that query. Sorry, I'm still finding his name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very funny when you do not want to find something, right? It didn't appear in front of you. Uh, if you do not want to find that thing, right? It appears in front of you, but when you want to find it, it's like disappear. The great thing is there's uh, there's no pressure if it... If you, if you never find it, you can just shoot it to us after and we'll put it in the show notes. So I will say one thing that's really cool is on Rod Trent's thing, he shared this GitHub um, page where someone has a PowerShell script that pulls down all conditional access policies that have exclusions and that it adds the groups and users to an array in a CSV file. If you have a ton of conditional access policies, mm. kind of see who's being excluded here. Because I imagine without that, if people aren't regularly checking their policies, they just have all these exclusions that they may not have visibility into. Um, so yes. we'll include a note to that in the uh, show notes as well. Ah, I found I found him on LinkedIn already. <laughs> <laughs> I just placed it on the chat. Do you guys know him? Um, I don't think I do. I'm just trying to. I clicked on it and I have to log into LinkedIn on this one, and where it's a. This is a shared computer. I'm, I'm going to hold off logging in for that one for now. But uh, what what was his name? Um, it's very hard to pronounce. Taj. 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 I think I just watched you the video that said how to pronounce it, so I think that's it. <laughs> oh. Apologies if not. And you said he has a lot of uh, stuff in his Twitter that, that it's uh, about. Uh, Sentinel. Azure Sentinel. Yeah. yeah, I keep on calling it Azure Sentinel. And and then his pinned awesome. tweet, he has hashtag Azure Sentinel. Now I'm starting to think that I'm right on this one. <laughs> yeah, usually when I have like some, I mean, uh, issue with my Sentinel, I would usually uh find him for some advices. So he's pretty um great. He respond um within twenty four to forty eight hours, which is quite a very fast response. I didn't realize the uh the name change you guys were talking about to purview was so recent. Uh, June second is when I see talk about. So this is like a brand new change. It's not something that happened. Look at that! Cutting edge on this podcast, man. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting edge and didn't even realize it. That's that's uh that's that's a difficult place to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> no worries. I I also didn't know about the naming until I had the UK, uh, you know, the user group uh, session. Then they only told me that, Serena, do you know the naming has changed? I was like, oh no, am I lacking? <laughs> am I the only one that is lacking? <laughs> no, apparently not, because I just barely learned it uh, today. Although... I mean, anyone that's listening to this uh, podcast that are, is learning it for the first time, I win. Mm. I, I won that race. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to get. It's good to get accolades. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, so you speak five languages? Yes. Is that true. Wow. Yes, because uh, Malaysia. Do you know we have three uh, religion? We have no. Uh, uh, Malay, Chinese, and Indian. So, oh, I I do speak uh, Basa Malaysia, uh, Mandarin, Hokkien, and Cantonese, and also English. So that's total five. Wow. So <laughs> there's <laughs> there's actually more languages that I didn't know. So <laughs> well, I I would say I don't speak a second language, and if English is your fifth. And you speak it better than I speak as my as my native one. I say you're doing pre- pretty damn good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm actually still um learning learning on my English, especially my writing, which is very terrible. <laughs> well, we I make think it you're difficult. doing a great job. We have a lot of uh, l- no common sense rules when it comes to writing English. <laughs> so I mean. Uh, they they say that if you learn English first, it's easier. But if you learn it after, like if it's not your first language, it's a far more complex language to learn. Just because we we do a lot of things uh, without logic. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned earlier how being a consultant lets you see like a bunch of different environments and kind of get a good idea. I guess by knowing so many languages, it kind of gives you some insight into the different ways that different languages tackle things. Um, yeah. How do you? What's your favorite language? Like, which one do you think has it the most figured out out of all the ones that you know? Um, depending on where the customer background is. So if they are coming from my hometown, I would try to speak what my hometown language speaks. So basically, it's Hokkien and Cantonese, but mostly it's Hokkien. So usually, Hokkien customer would be a bit... Um, aggressive in terms of uh, the way they speak which is very normal in my hometown so uh you will you will laugh if i were to translate what we are speaking <laughs> so it's basically yeah just i mean language is the first um first step into of uh you know communication and um not you know, like virtual kind of touch. So you like, you know them. Hey, I know you, you're from where? Okay, I'm speaking your language. So they will be like, oh, okay, you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, let's 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 start on. Let's start our engine and let's continue about what we are actually <laughs> talking about. So so yeah, I mean it's 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 actually quite lucky to uh, able to speak and listen um five languages, but if I were to be in a U- Europe or France or anywhere besides Malaysia, I would be crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool to have that much kind of culture all around you. People from different places, different languages, kind of connecting with them all in the same area. 
that is awesome. Yeah, you get to try three cultures of uh, delicious food. Yep. I'm I know. Language. <laughs> so you're a foodie. Yeah, that, that is my food is my second language. <laughs> I mean, if you if you were interest if you are interesting interested in coming to uh, Malaysia to try Asian food, so yeah, you can just come to Malaysia and try three cultures of food. You don't need to go to Dubai. You don't need to go to other Islamic country to just try Islamic food. You just come to Malaysia. You already have Islamic food. You have Indian food. You already have uh, Chinese food. So, yeah. All right there. Now that I've uh, scrolled down on your Twitter, you've got a lot of f- food examples here. I'm, I am now intrigued. I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest, and, and this is this is not a joke. A lot of times my vacations are planned around restaurants I want to eat at. <laughs> so I mean, start to try to expand a bit your traveling, food traveling area. The, the last vacation I had canceled was I was going to go to Chicago because I wanted to eat at Graham Elliott's restaurant, but he closed it. Which was crushing for me. I had to had to change my vacation up. I have no yeah. clue who that is, but it sounds good. He, he's a he's he's a fantastic chef. I, I think his TV he's good enough that his TV commitments became too great to to keep uh, running the restaurant. Wow! So if you're fans of chefs, I guess you are definitely a foodie. I, I suppose. I mean, all you have to do is look at me to know I enjoy eating. Yeah, I think. Can you eat spicy food? Uh, not, not like I used to. I, I don't know if it's just because I, uh, in Utah, there's not a lot of spicy food. So I just got out of practice or it just, I lost it in my old age, but, uh, my, my heat tolerance is not near what it used to be. I see. I see. I understand. No worries. I mean, we do have foods that is not, uh, spicy. I mean, we do have our three different regions, uh, uh, desserts and all those so yeah they, they have a lot I mean if you go on Google Googling about uh, Malaysia's food Malaysia food and Malaysia dessert the local f- uh, dessert and local food wow, I think you will be you know <laughs> triggered by the delicious pictures and uh, everything that is on the internet well, definitely. I definitely I'm going to bring this one uh, bring this one up I'm going to have to make the, the the sell to my wife but uh Based on the food I'm seeing here so far, I'm on board. We, we, we lost Andrew. He is not interested in talking about food. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, if only you knew how much food I consume when we're not on camera. Oh. <laughs> I think if he were to enter the food contest, I think he will be the first, first one to win. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, so uh, if we're going to bring food back to PowerShell, uh, Nate that works here with us built a PowerShell script to grab a random restaurant. So when he wasn't sure where we would want to eat, he'd run the script and he'd give him the restaurant and he'd go there to eat. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Was it a chatbot command? Uh, n- no, but now it has to be. Because I can't remember if it was a command here that did that, or if I did that at my last place for somebody where it was like, where's lunch? And it just picked a random place from a, only a list of five. <laughs> so on this one, I know it, it wasn't, it, he, he custom built it himself and he populated the list, but I don't, I don't know why I haven't recreated that because there's been a lot of times where I've been, where do I want to eat? And uh, 
now now I know PowerShell has the answer. Get random. Get dash random. Commandlet of the day. Get random. That's that's also a pretty good idea to choose your uh, lunch area, your dinner area. So just randomly pick. <laughs> You'll probably yeah. experience some some new new food you weren't expecting if you, if you follow that list. Depending on how you built out your uh your your list. If it's all you know, is it McDonald's and Del it's Taco. One place. Yeah. My favorite place. Just one. Let's get random. Taco place. <laughs> oh, Andrew, you like tacos? Uh, I definitely do. Fajitas in particular, I love tacos, burritos. Um, yeah. I'm then half Colombian, so I've been eating that way for a long time. Oh, you're half Colombian. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, my dad's side of the family is from Colombia. So. I... Actually, I was about to went to Colombia for a project for a year uh, during 2020, but that was uh, the pandemic happened, so the project got canceled. <laughs> wow, so you travel for a project sometimes. I'm mistaken. It's Cambodia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, no problem. No even problem. so, I mean, the wrong place. Uh, do you find it if you have to because you said you're going to be there for a year i guess how how do you adapt to that kind of change like you you almost have to uproot your life for a short time is that difficult or is that something you just Um, i I can't for me is i'm okay with it i kind of roll with it but for my parents they were not cool about it because you know, Asian parents, you know, they tend to, you know, the, the relationship has to be intact, you know, even until we are very old. <laughs> so uh, they were like asking me, oh, when are you going to come back? Uh, and all those, you know, I was like, uh, maybe once a year, they will be like in shock. They was like, no, I disagree you going to Cambodia. <laughs> So I was put in a dilemma. So should I go? Should I not go? Or is it good for me? So, but in the what? end, pandemic happened. So no choice needed. It got chosen for you. Yes. But I do wish to go um, overseas to have, uh, you know, experience of a project. But currently, uh, not currently, I mean, previously during the pandemic, we have a project. Um, we have to collaborate the the headquarters, which is in the US team, so that that do give me a sense of uh, you know some someone that is not within Malaysia to run this project together. Awesome! I've always been interested by the consultant life and kind of like I mentioned earlier, how it gives you so much insight into things. But I've never uh, been a consultant, so I'm always interested to hear more. So we, we touched base on the fact that I ended up finding that function from Josh King to send to the OMS log. Um, there's some good stuff there. It looks like he's actually updated it, which is cool. Uh, there's also that script to get conditional access policies. Um, I think we mentioned if you want to get started with Azure Sentinel, a great way to do it is get your trial credit. It's going to take some time, but once you get that, you have uh, an awesome opportunity to train the AI, get all that stuff up and running and, and test it out, learn it. Um, is there anything else that we really wanted to hit home with before we wrap this? So were you guys at 
the Seattle conference when uh, Yap was there? Yep, uh, Andrew spoke at it as well, I think on, on a separate day. And then we were writing daily recaps of all the talks we got to go see. And uh, we had the opportunity to interview some people that were there. So it was it was a busy weekend, but I don't think I've enjoyed a weekend that much in a long time. <laughs> yeah, we got to meet Yap. It was, it was awesome. He's oh, a very so, fun person. Yeah, yeah, he's a very fun person. <laughs> all right, well... Uh, Sabrina, thank you for coming to talk to us. This is awesome. This is something, it's it's completely new to me, and, and security is not my my forte by any means. So it's it's exciting to learn new things. Uh, I, I love your take on it, and and I ho- hopefully this gives people a start where this is this is an aspect where people might not consider you can automate it out of the gate, and the fact that you can, I think, would be a huge win for a lot of people. Yes, correct. I think it's Andrew's yeah. turn to shield. Um, I'll see you in just a second. No, I'm busy. I've had a fantastic time talking today. I really love what Azure Sentinel represents um, for large and small organizations, but particularly that SMB. I really love the fact that there's something accessible. A lot of people are already in the 365. They're already in Azure. You can kind of connect things quickly. It's all right there. It's the same kind of panel. Um, as someone who had experience on one of those small teams supporting a, a larger organization, uh, I can really relate and see the importance of having things like this out there in the market. Um, so if you are interested, if you are, if what we've talked about sounds like it might be a good fit for you, definitely take the next steps. Um, and if your organization doesn't have a SIM or source solution, if you were to be the one to kind of start those efforts, um, there's a lot of value to be had uh, from doing that at your organization. And let's secure things. Let's improve the security posture of the world in any way we can. But now it's time to shill. Okay, so he's good at this. You should uh, sit back and enjoy Sabrina. This is always this is the highlight of my day. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed these beautiful words we've shared today, please consider leaving us a five one two three four five star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, You can. Leave a review somewhere else if you want to. You know, we'll probably read it sometime. So thank you for that. Um, and if you didn't enjoy it, that's okay too. Uh, you listened for a really long time for not enjoying it though. So thanks. But if, if it um, wasn't five stars, how can they let us know how we can improve? Yeah. If it's not perfect, wow. Kind of like me and Jordan's correcting me. I'm not perfect. Uh, you can email us at powershell at pdq.com and send us feedback. Um, send us anything. Okay. And we will read your message and more than likely respond as well. Unless you uh, are spamming us, then we probably won't. You know, they say you can't build on perfection, but here we are. Yeah, perfection. That's us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the PowerShell podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plough. It all makes sense now. (laughs) The PowerShell podcast is a production of BDQ.com.